Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic is about an alien abductee named John Velez, reportedly an abductee. Now, I found this article on ViewZone.com, and you can also find a transcript that this fellow did with Nova on the PBS.org uh, channel somewhere. But for now, I want to read this article because I thought it was well-written, and it's very interesting. The article starts off, it says, It's really amazing how many of us keep things from our childhood a secret. Some things are, of course, too painful to tell anyone, but others are just plain weird. So we never discuss them with adults because we know we will be ridiculed or told it's in your imagination. After many years, we tend to believe that they are not real, and maybe we really did just imagine that they happened. For John Velez, such childhood memories were about glowing orbs, spheres of lights, and radiant shafts that he remembers seeing in his bedroom as a young boy. These memories might have remained insignificant, but something quite traumatic happened to him in 1987. Then he knew they were real. We usually think that alien abductions only take place in remote areas, hidden from view and far from densely populated areas. But what happened to Velez on August, uh, on an August night took place on 62nd Street in the heart of Brooklyn, New York. Now I'll just interject here and direct you to a former podcast I did a while back uh, called Manhattan Transfer. And there was also a fascinating case of an alleged alien abduction there. So it just goes to show we do hear about these stories happening in urban areas, even in heavily densely populated urban areas. The article goes on, it says, Velez had dinner with some friends and was walking home alone. He was about eight city blocks from his residence. It was about 1.30 in the morning and Velez was naturally apprehensive about getting mugged and walking quite briskly. As he rounded a corner where an old factory was located, he noticed a light about the size of a small moving van hovering in the air about 30 foot off above the factory roof. Suddenly, Velez fell into an unusual state of panic. His heart started racing and he ran like a schoolgirl, quote unquote. He had the distinct feelings that he was about to be hurt even though there were no logical reasons to explain this. Well, I might point out that there was a small UFO hovering above a factory. That would be enough of a reason for me to experience a little bit of paranoia. But back to the article. Velez remembers running until, his, until he got near his home. He doesn't remember anything else until he found himself sitting upright in his bed. It was now daylight outside. He looked around his bed and saw blood on his pillow. He found blood on his t-shirt also, and for some reason, his eyes really hurt. So here again, we have a case of an abductee who has missing time, and then when they do uh, regain consciousness, they find that they have physical injuries. And this is something that we see over and over again with these uh, alien abductees. And it's another reason that I, for one, don't assume that they are all space brothers and that they're here to bring peace, love, and happiness to the earth. I mean, this guy was physically kidnapped and physically assaulted. That happens to be a crime, even if it is committed by a non-human entity or ET or whatever. 
Okay, the article continues. When Velas looked in the mirror, he saw that one of his eyes was completely red. He had obviously had some kind of trauma to his eye, and there were many ruptured blood vessels. He tried to recall what had happened, but had no memory of being attacked or falling. It was weird. Also, he could find no obvious source of the blood. Eventually, his wife, shocked at what had happened, took him to the emergency room of nearby Lutheran Memorial Hospital to be checked over. Although his eye appeared to be severely bruised, there were no signs of trauma such as from a punch or fall. The surrounding soft tissue was normal, but the attending doctor seemed interested in Velez's nose and kept asking him if he had had recent nasal surgery, which of course he hadn't. Six years later, in 1993, Velez happened to to read Bud Hopkins' UFO book, Missing Time, and reluctantly contacted the author and eventually agreed to have regressive hypnosis therapy. It was then that all of Velez's childhood memories began to make sense. It appeared that Velez was abducted at a very early age and that the abductions were continuing through his adult life. But that night in August 1987 was the most terrifying event to recall. And then it goes on and he gives his uh, recollection of that. Quote, I was about 20 feet from my house and three of these effing gray things with big black eyes came out. They didn't walk out. They floated out from behind the hedge around my house. I was gasping to breathe. What's buzzing in my head? What is that? What is that? I thought they were I thought they were skinned cats. I'm trying to make sense in my head of what my eyes are showing me. I can't move. All I want to do is run and I can't. Then the next sensation all that fear, all that terror just washes away and I'm thinking, "Oh, I know you. Everything's okay." I took off my I took off my right amid Amid my neighbor's house, there's a UFO with this red light on top, going around like on an ice cream truck. Then, two of the little greys came floating over toward me, and each one gently takes an arm, and they turn me. We get in with him like a theater spotlight. I take two steps forward and airborne. So he's he's remembering this through regressive, I suppose, hypnotic therapy. And he's relating that he was coming home from dinner that night. He's walking around the house. And before, all he could remember was just seeing this UFO uh, suspended over a factory. This, this, This shape that was about the size of an ice cream van or small moving van. Now... Through regression, he's able to see, remember that um, what had happened was he'd walked almost up to his house and these two greys came out, took him by the arm, at which point he's scared to death. And But then all of a sudden, as he's looking toward the UFO, he has this sense of calmness come over him. And this is something that we see repeatedly with these abduction uh, scenarios. The person's scared to death, naturally. These totally alien beings are abducting them. But then when they touch them or somehow they telepathically communicate them, they uh, attain a sense of calmness. 
It's almost as if they've been sedated somehow. What we might do to, a, a say, a wild animal that we were uh, trying to bag and tag as part of a scientific uh, research, you know, you tranquilize the thing. And that seems to be what's happened to this fellow. He goes on, he says, There are no doors in this thing above. We're moving very slowly. But my instinct is to put my hands up because my head's going to hit this thing and we're about four or five feet away. So we see here he's floating up toward the UFO, just right in midair. This is very much like what happened to the gal in the Manhattan transfer abductee story. Just floating right out there in space. There's a black square in front of me. We go through this. I can't see anything in there, but my clothes are being pulled off of me. That switches very rapidly. I'm on a table now. There's about six or eight of these effing things in the room. The one behind me puts his hand on my forehead and talks to me the way I used to talk to my kids when they were upset. It's okay. We have to do it. You'll be fine. Nobody's going to hurt you. But they did hurt him, didn't they? They bruised his eye all up. His nose messed up. He's bad enough that his wife takes him to the ER. So they lied to him. Velez couldn't or didn't want to remember the procedure where his eye was injured. He believes an implant was placed in his brain through either his eye socket or his nose, possibly both. He has since recalled a crunch sound as some kind of long probe punctured his skull and inserted an implant. But as frightening as this sounds, and considering Velez's injuries and trauma, he does not consider the aliens to be malevolent. On, sa on Saturday, the 2nd of August, 1997, John gave an interview with British news media. Let me preface this by saying a lot of times these people that are abducted develop these, uh, I don't know, nice feelings toward the aliens. And I have to tell you, in my opinion, I think it's total mind control. Because how could you say nice things about somebody that abducted you and did physical experiments, painful physical experiments, and possibly put an implant in your brain without permission. How could you like these guys? In the interview, Velez says, <clears throat> the interview asks, have the abductions been going on since you were a child, and are there others in your family who have similar experiences? Velez, yes, a lifetime of unexplained experiences and phenomena yeah, this is a multi-generational business. Abductions. My whole family has been affected. Interviewer. Did the aliens exhibit any emotion at all? Velez. Yes, affection of all things, but only on one occasion that I can recall. Now here again, I have to interject. These things seem to be totally psychopathic, and what he may be mistaking as affection is probably nothing more than manipulation. That would be my opinion goes on and says, Interviewer, at what age did you realize that something was occurring and when did you attribute it to alien abduction? Velez, my earliest recollection is about age four or five. I didn't realize what was going on until five years ago. I was 43 years old at the time. Interview, how many times, how many types of aliens he witnessed? Velez, three different types, none of them human-looking, such as Nordics. 
interviewer. I read your Nova interview. You said that you have been implanted. Where is the implant in your body, and did you remove it? And and did you remove it that it could be examined? Velez, the implant is buried deep in my deep in the center of my head, and it is most likely inoperable. I offered Nova the opportunity to perform a CAT scan or X-rays, but they refused. Interviewer, have you got any idea why they have chosen to abduct you, or do you think it is purely random? Velez, I think it has to be with my bloodline. They appear to be following certain family trees. Interviewer, how did aliens treat you? Do you see your abduction as a tragic event? Velez, no, not at all. I see it as something that they feel they have to do. They are doing a job. I don't think there is any uh, intentional harm or torture in it. It is our own xenophobia that causes us to be traumatized. Wow. You have to wonder if they just didn't plant those thoughts in that guy's head, or if that's the way that he is able to deal with such a traumatic event. Because simply put, for one species, for an alien species or non-human entity or whatever, just to simply just buzz into a person's life and take them like this and perform operations or experiments on them or put implants into them, this is not something um, that we should just take lightly or that we should just accept, well, this is what we have to do. I'll point out that in the Nova interview, he just the first. There's a couple things that he describes that were somewhat disturbing. First off, he talks about three different types of aliens that he personally saw. The first ones were the Greys, which we're all familiar with. Uh, just these Greys with the translucent skin, um, the big, uh, overly large almond eyes that look more like sunglasses than eyes. He describes those. He describes the little guys, I think he calls them, where they're about half the size. They're also a gray-type alien. And then he describes a third uh, a third type of alien, which I think he said was about three or four foot tall, and they wore like a flax or woolen kind of a robe or overcoat with a hood. And I believe he said their uh, skin color was more of a blue color. Uh, none of them were human-like at all. Humanoid, maybe, was the closest. He talked about the um, eyes, how the communication was done telepathically as he looked close into their eyes, how they brought their faces close to him. Everything he's describing, uh, in my opinion, is highly manipulative behavior on the parts of these aliens or non-human entities, whatever these things are. They are using high-level um, psychology to manipulate him. And at the very time that they're conducting these painful experiments on him, they're making him somehow make excuses for them. Uh, he also got into, in, in that NOVA interview, which we'll cover later, about uh, what he thought was an alien hybrid program and uh, what part he played in that. Some very disturbing stuff. And when you listen to the guy talk about his story, and you and I when you read the Nova interview, and when you read this article where they talk about uh, the interview with him, he seems very sincere. And at the same time, I find this case uh, 
very disturbing. This would be a perfect case for for one of these private uh, for-profit corporations to take a guy like this and run him through a CAT scan to see if they can see a alien implant in there. Because he firmly believes this happened to him. He does seem to have some uh, evidence as the hospital visit or his wife's testimony that seemed to back up his story. So this is the kind of case that really does deserve further attention, especially when the guy says, hey, I believe I have an implant in me. So you have to ask yourself, well, with Mr. DeLong's group or some of these other groups that have all this money floating around, why can't we take some of these cases that have been around for a while, that have been investigated, that have kind of come to the top of the UFO um, phenomena right now, why not take this guy and pay for a CAT scan just to see if he's a quack or see if there's really something going on there? Because, you know, we've talked about Dr. Lear on this podcast before, and we did the podcast uh Patient 17, a review of the movie about Dr. Lear, the late Dr. Lear, and how he physically removed implants from people that just couldn't be explained, and how some of those implants, at least one of those implants, had an isotope combination that showed that it wasn't even from this galaxy. So these things are coming from somewhere. This is the kind of hard physical evidence that really deserves to be looked at, and I think that this Velez case is a case that deserves further study. And I will try to get to that NOVA interview. It'll be a shorter show, and uh, I think you'll enjoy that too. Now, if you like what you hear here, stop by the website. You can become a sponsor of the show very easily through Anchor. Um, you can donate there, and that helps keep the show going. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.